Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to a PortugueseSoccer.com newsflash. My name is John Nevsh, and today is Thursday, February the 27th, a day that, well, let's put it this way, there ain't nobody happy in Portugal right now. Uh, very disappointing day. Four Portuguese teams in a 27-hour span eliminated from the Europa League. As disappointing it is to see as us having four Portuguese teams play on this traditional Thursday, although Braga played yesterday, but there was a reason for that. But generally, this is, of course, a Thursday competition. Um, we all thought we had our chances because if there's one competition that I think Portuguese clubs can succeed in, and there's evidence to that with Benfica um, five, six years ago making back-to-back -back Europa finals, and of course, who could forget the great Porto Braga Europa final in Dublin, um, Portuguese clubs, they can do it. There's a history and that says we can do it. But unfortunately, although Portuguese clubs in the past year have done better in Europe and have improved the coefficient to where we have overtaken Russia from sixth place and now jumped into fifth place over them. Um, unfortunately, although we have no more teams left, neither does Russia, we're going to finish in fifth place and pretty much are all set um, to have a third Champions League spot during the 2021-22 season, but that's still far away. So the question to ask is, you know, even though we took a big step tonight, why are we not enjoying the same success than we did when we said Benfica went to the Europa back-to-back -back finals and Porto Braga Europa final? And if you recall correctly, even Sporting made a big run the year going as far as I believe it was the semifinals. So what's happened that Six to ten years ago, we were a regular contender, not just to get to the quarterfinals, but to make it farther to the point now where we now struggle. And although Benfica did make it to the quarterfinals last year, um, we lost Eintracht Frankfurt as, of course, a very good Bundesliga team. But I think when you think about European history, um, one would think that one of the bigger Portuguese clubs um, would go in with an expectation that with history on their side, they should advance. But it hasn't happened. And here is my theory on why I think Portuguese clubs are nowhere near where we are compared to six to 10 years ago. And that's the third party system. A lot of people didn't like the third party system. You would sell a player and you would find out that the third party fund, you know, if you sold a player, let's say for 25, third party fund got 12, 13 minute, million, and a lot of people would get upset because they would think that that would almost be like robbing money from the teams. But what people don't understand is to get a lot of those great players, all the great players we had during those years to, uh, that enabled Benfica with Georges use to create that Europa back-to-back -back history, that great Andres Village boas team. Remember that great Andres Village boas team? All those great players, some of them were third-party system players. And Sporting, of course, had some third-party system players. And, of course, we all know about the controversy with Bruno Di Carvalho and Marcus Rojo and all that. Um, but when we had those players under the third-party system, where the third-party system would come in and a lot of times help pay to get those players to come in in return for getting a big percentage, I think when you look at that type of history in that time, Portuguese clubs did very well. And now we don't have this third-party system. We're relying on our own pockets. We are a league that almost in a way is a minor league team supplying the bigger clubs. And for those outside of America that perhaps don't understand that term or slang, that means we are compete as a club domestically, but in order to pay our bills, we know at the end of the season we're going to lose our best players. 
to the bigger teams because they move on. They sort of upgrade. And then, you know, we just do it all over again and we try to find new players to build a team and to win another domestic title. And that's what happens in the minor leagues of baseball in America. Players move on. Everyone knows that. And in Portugal, there's no way we're going to be able to keep players. So the third-party system, I guess what I'm saying is, is at one point in time, really did do us a favor. And whether or not there was any illegalities with it, whether or not people felt that the third-party funds, and I'm certainly not advocating it, I'm just saying, when the third-party fund was in place, there were some positives to it, or at least the positives there are with regards to what goes on in the pitch. And all Portuguese clubs, they don't. Um, when you have four Portuguese teams that get eliminated the way we did, um, that is an incredibly glaring disappointment. Um, you could talk about whether or not the, the managers are fielding the best players. I know some people don't understand why Vinicius didn't get the start tonight over, you know, instead Diego Souza. Is that an example of Bruno Lage? even though he says that he never gives up on a competition. But is that an example of Bruno Lage maybe making that change, keeping in mind that he's got to play the league on the weekend? Um, but Portuguese clubs, we're just, we're just not the same. And the question is, is, is it because of the third-party system? And in my opinion, and by the way, that's all it is, an opinion, I think once you look at the history of six to ten years ago and you look at the history of now, one would assume that we were a lot better as a whole, as a league, not just domestically for whatever competition there was, but the teams did better in Europe. And everyone could talk about Euro 2016 and a great accomplishment it was for Portugal, but of course, if we remember, um, some of those players don't play in Portugal, they play abroad. And tonight, we had eight Portuguese managers this week with Ruben Amorim yesterday with Braga, play, the four domestic managers all lost, and the four abroad, including Pedro Martins, congratulations, knocking off my arsenal, the four abroad managers basically advanced. Um, and if that's, you know, that's just a glaring fact. Um, is the Portuguese league not good anymore? I think the Portuguese league is good. It's as exciting as it is for fans and as, as emotional. But again, the question is, is are the players being brought into Portugal the same quality of players that we had in Portugal six to ten years ago? Um, you know, can, you know, is it? And I would say right now, facts would show differently. Uh, tough times. Uh, Bruno Lage comes in at 13 months ago. Benfica seven-point deficit to Porto, goes on a big winning streak, wins the Liga. Then they, of course, win the meaningless International Champions Cup. But again... The magic touch, people would call it the Midas magic touch with Bruno Lage. But now these last few months, the team hasn't been doing that well. And all of a sudden, the same things you were hearing about Rui Vitoria, not so much philosophically on style of play, but just hearing from fans disappointed with the results, you're starting to hear that now with Bruno Lage. You know, the team that Benfica always wants to be, that great European team with the talent from the Seychelles, Whatever's going on, it just hasn't happened so far, at least not this year. But then again, you got to give Bruno Lage another year. Um, because after all, he did win him the Liga title last year. Sergio Conceição, uh, great manager. Um, you don't want to get into a barroom uh, fight with that guy. That guy is emotional, but he really cares about winning. But the loss to Krasnodar at home, and now the loss tonight to Bayer Leverkusen, um, and the fact that Porto... Um, you know, they talked about how they weren't going to get any reinforcements because they didn't need any. 
But you wonder if that's the product of financially, do they have the money to go out and make a big buy? Not necessarily a 20 million buy, but even an 8 to 10 million buy. Um, you know, they have all these uh, players, especially the, the ones they got this summer, the, the Colombian internationals that play for Carlos Queiroz. But, they, you know, right now, even though some of them have done well, um, they're certainly not performing to the standard of what I think people wanted to see with, let's say, a Jackson Martinez or a Falcone. Um, um, you know, those type of Colombians that they used to have on the team, they're probably not operating on their level. And sporting, um, a lot of question marks whether Silas is the right manager. Um, you know, sporting, um, there's not really much left to play for right now except for third place, which gets some direct entry into Europa. Um, but certainly it's not that year yet when you finish third and you get to play in the Champions League preliminaries. But, um, you know, fans, in, and it's all been documented in the news. Fans are just going to continue to be very disappointed, and it's just another headache for Federico Verandes and his staff. So a very disappointing night tonight for Portugal. Um, this is one of those nights where the big three, everybody is miserable, and you really can't look at each other and blame anybody, whether you blame the refs, whether you blame the VAR, whether you blame politics. Um, Tonight, there's none of that. Uh, we play, we, the Portuguese teams flat out played teams from other countries. And when it came down to it, we lost to a team from the Ukraine. We lost to a team from Scotland. Oh, by the way, two very good teams. Shakhtar with Portuguese man Luis Castro and, you know, Glasgow Rangers. Uh, great story they are with Gerard, who's leading the resurgence after five, six years ago. The club was sent down to the fourth division, bankrupt. They rebranded. They've come back. Um, but certainly Portuguese clubs, at least this week, have shown that our best against the best of Scotland and Ukraine just hasn't worked out so far. And sporting, um, Basica Sahir, and I apologize if I don't know pronounce that right, they're certainly not Basicas, they're not Galatasaray, they're not Fenerbahce, uh, but certainly the fourth or fifth blessed team. And again, I'm not really entirely sure where they fit into the spectrum of Turkish soccer. Um, they, of course, tonight took care of business and beat sporting. Uh, scoring uh, four goals at home and doing what you're supposed to do when you're at home, and that's score a lot of goals and win the match. So it's a very disappointing t uh, night tonight, folks. Um, fortunately, the Liga returns this weekend, especially with the big three starting play on Sunday. Uh, week uh, 23 stretches from Friday to Tuesday. And, hey, no more Thursday night football. You know, now it's going to kind of get right back to normal, and there won't be as many Monday night games. And... We'll be able to go back to a Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule, mostly Saturday, Sunday. And then, of course, we'll see what happens uh, with, with the Liga race and who will finish third, which I think is a great race between Sporting and Braga. Um, but tonight uh, was not our night. It was not the night for Portugal. And there's really nothing much you can do except uh, forget about it and move on. This has been a PortugueseSoccer.com newsflash. And my name is John Nevis. Take care. Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another News Flash podcast from PortugueseSoccer.com. My name is John Nevis. Hopefully this podcast and the sound of my voice reaches you in your comfort of your home, that you, your family, and loved ones are doing okay. As the world, and that is literally the story, the world basically now moves its life indoors and all I could say is that I'm glad that we have social media and the technology that still enables people to communicate and to do things that they enjoy, 
such as, of course, doing this podcast and doing PortugueseSoccer.com, that we have the opportunity to do these things because if this had happened 20 years ago, uh, it'd be a lot more boring than it is now. So hopefully everyone is taking advantage of technology to stay in touch with your friends and family. But you already know what's going on, and that's not the purpose of this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to talk about the future and what will happen with football in Portugal. It is This is being recorded on Monday evening, March the 23rd. Uh, the Liga Committee on Scheduling, which includes various teams such as the Big Three and clubs from the First and Second Division, Medical Community, Players Union, um, the Liga, of course, with Pedro Porenza, uh, all had a meeting today. They are doing it every three days to discuss the latest developments. And in those latest developments, there's really nothing to talk about. And they'll meet again every three days, so they'll be meeting again later this week. And right now, the question is, is when's life going to resume with football? Um, it does not appear it's going to happen anytime soon. Definitely not through at least the end of April. Even when things start to trend downward, statistically, where less people are getting infected, and obviously we hope that a lot less people are dying than they are today, uh, when that does happen, you're not going to see governments immediately go back to some routine. People are going to procrastinate and go a long time to make sure that they've got this under control. And as a result, you may not see any football resume until May or even this summer. And then don't forget, even when you do have activities, teams are going to probably get about two weeks. Sporting was encouraging three weeks for a mini preseason to get these players back into team shape. It's one thing to be in your backyard or in an empty room in your apartment working out. But it's another thing when you're on a, f a football dimension field around players kicking the ball and running around. And players have to get back into that mode of activity so that they don't come back too soon and get hurt. And of course the question is, is when will the Liga restart or any league in Europe? Uh, obviously with the canceling uh, or postponing toward next year, Euro 2020, it gives clubs now through June the chance to finish their season. In the case of Portugal, they have 10 rounds left, 10 weeks left, and uh, everyone's going to try to get that done right away. One of the goals is to get this done by the end of June because that's when contracts for this year end and then July the 1st is a brand new year. That needs to be figured out. Um, I have read things that it should be expected that the federations and the Europeans, uh, you know, UEFA or FIFA would allow. And again, I don't know all the information about this. I'm going totally on assumption in terms of I don't know who has the power to do it. But the assumption is that contracts will be extended. But then that in also implies, will the players union allow it? Will players allow it if a player... You know, in these last six months of his contract, he is entitled to talk to other clubs. Has a better opportunity. Does that mean in the middle of finishing their season, he gets to walk and play for another club? Um, or does the transfer window obviously will probably be moved back? And that's when clubs uh, and players can move if it is pushed back to much later in the summer. And we don't know. But the bottom line is, is they got to figure out what to do with that June 30th date and get everybody in agreement and obviously push it back. Because if the Liga or really any league in Europe pushes into the summer, um, you need to figure out the contract ending date and you're going to have to delay that. And then the second thing is, is that if you push everything into the summer, uh, what do you do about the European preliminaries for Europa and the Champions League? They tend to start right around the middle of July, late July. What happens if Ligas are still playing? That means you still haven't figured out yet who's going to be playing in European competition. <clears throat> and things like that need to be figured out. One would assume 
that the UEFA season would probably be pushed back again. Total uh, you know, speculation on this, again, going off of information, which we don't know yet, as of Monday, March the 13th. Uh, but one would also have to figure out that if teams are delayed playing into the summer, that would pretty much mean you would have to postpone uh, the preliminary round games. Um, and then in the case of the, some of the Portuguese clubs uh, that might have to play two preliminary rounds to get into Europa, uh, some of those clubs are going to probably need some financial assistance because if you're familiar with playing in the early Europa rounds, you tend to go play in the most either eastern part, western part of Europe, and that's usually for expensive, uh, makes for an expensive trip for Portuguese clubs. For many years, clubs have usually complained about going all the way out east, and clubs are going to need that because, you know, most most fans think of being fans in terms of what goes on the pitch, but right now, not only what goes on the pitch is important, is the, but the money off of it, and clubs are going to be really paying attention uh, to their money. So that kind of brings uh, forth the question of, A, what's going to happen with player contracts, and then B, what will happen with the UEFA uh, Europa Champions League preliminaries? And that kind of sets up the next question, that is, if the Liga season is pushed into this summer, um, and they decide to finish the Liga season so that they can figure out the teams that are assigned to Burts to go to Europa. And bottom line is they finish the season so that you have a true champion instead of trying to go a controversial way because, folks, they ain't solving who's going to be the champion unless they play all 34 weeks. Anything like that will just create a lot of controversy. No one's going to agree to it. So the best solution is to finish it. And then if that means that the start of 2021 season is pushed into the fall, does that mean you tried to play 34 rounds, uh, 34 weeks, and a small amount of time? And there is a solution for that where if UEFA pushes the European competitions to start in the fall and the Ligas can't start, and again, this is going on, if the Liga, start of the Liga pushes into September, October, there is a solution I would like to present. Um, many people aren't going to go for it, but it is a viable solution. It's actually done in the other sports in Portugal. Uh, I, I don't follow other sports in other countries, so I'm not sure if they do it. I'm only going to go by the example that I know of, which is Portugal. And, you know, even though I'm a big fan of football, soccer, again, whatever word you use in your part of the country, I do love to watch the Liga Placard basketball in Portugal. And they have a system and some of the lower level uh, Portuguese campeonatos in the lower districts. I used to do this. I'm not sure if they do that anymore. And that is you play everybody once and then usually the top six or eight go into like a championship group. Everybody else goes into the relegation group. And essentially the top teams would play each other home and away. Um, so you're essentially playing the first 17 weeks as normal. And then you have a standing, and you take the top six teams, and you put them into a championship group, and you basically play home and away. Now, why would you do this? You do this if the Liga only gets to start in the fall, because, folks, things are not very good out there. If you are to play this now into the fall, it's going to be hard to play 34 rounds from October to May, because remember, you got to play the Euro next summer. Now, a lot of people would say, well, how could you do that? There's still plenty of weeks. They could play two times a week. You still have the Tasa de Portugal that's going to likely be played. That is a tradition that is not going away. The League Cup, I think you could almost say that unless this, if the season starts next year, there had been rumors that it might be going away anyway. That's probably going to be put on hiatus for about a year. But this is if, if the Liga is pushed into the fall, 
You play the first 17 weeks of a schedule. That would mean 17 matches right there. And then you essentially take the top six teams. You do a home and home, which is 10 matches. That would put you on 27. So if the Liga were to start in September or October, you're already about six or seven weeks behind. Because most of the time, the Liga starts that second week of August. Don't forget, you also got the Super Cup. Maybe that's not played this year. Or maybe you play that later on in the year. But the bottom line is, if you play 27 rounds to decide a champion as well as the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th place team, which would help you do the Liga, you would be able to play a season. You wouldn't have to put the burden on teams to play a lot of times two uh, games a week because don't forget, they also got to play in Europe. There's also going to be competitions in Europe where they're going to be playing. And Portuguese clubs, like any club in Europe, are going to want to be playing in Europe because there's a lot of money to be made there, which, by the way, kind of everybody needs right now. Now, that's provided if, if the Liga start is pushed into the fall and you've got five or six weeks to make up. If things go normal and you restart the Liga in May and June, then I think everything would be fine. You might not necessarily have a two-month preseason. You'll probably have something like a five-week preseason, and things would be normal. But this idea, again, if you run into the fall, and it's possible things are not going very good right now, you play the first 17 weeks, you then take the top six teams and essentially have them play home and away. And then you have the rest of the other groups just basically play out a schedule with obviously the biggest goal, not finishing the bottom two to get relegated. And again, this is what they do in the smaller sports. Now, a lot of people will say, well, how would you do it fairly so that Benfica and Porto each get to play the same amount of home games? Well, whoever hosts in that first 17 round, the first one through 17 round, when you play the group stages with the top six teams, that first time you play, the other team gets to host that game. And then you maybe put the third game at a neutral site. Heaven knows we have a lot of em uh, empty stadiums for Euro 2004 in Portugal. And if you put the third time that these teams play in, the, um, in a neutral site stadium, I think it would be good for the local economies in those cities. And it would also be, of course, um, very good uh, to play in a neutral site and make everything fair to everybody. Um, Tough times again. Uh, the EPL has already said that, or based on what I've read, that they're looking to finish their season and to finish out the season so that they could have a true champion. Um, Liverpool's running away with it. I don't know why there's a big dispute, but again, people are thinking about playing the entire season to have a true champion. If the Portuguese league, for whatever reason, doesn't finish their season, which again, I don't see what's happened. I just do not foresee in any possible way that they're going to decide a league of champion. Do they go by uh, what the standings were when the, when the season was suspended? Uh, I don't think the idea of going through the first 17 weeks makes any sense when you've played so many matches afterwards. It's just going to be a mess. The Liga must finish its season before they start playing their next season. I think the League Cup stands to reason that it might be suspended for a year. And then I think you have to ask yourself, Tasa de Portugal final could still be played. Maybe it could be played later on. And then don't forget, you also have the Super Cup. Um, all competitions that, by the way, are going to involve Benfica and Porto. And people are going to want to see that on television. And television right now is very important because it's going to be a key revenue ingredient. Again, this is all speculation. A month from now, I might be here talking about a totally different story. But what we know right now is... Nothing is slowing down with COVID-19. This could possibly stretch into the early part of the summer. 
And when it does stretches into the part of the summer, a lot more decisions are going to have to be made specifically regarding June the 30th and what will happen with the beginning of the preliminary rounds of the Europa and Champions League competitions. Um, I think it will also be very interesting um, to see what happens um, in terms of who goes to Europe. Um, I really, really hope that they play out these 10 weeks because you are not going to get anybody to agree regardless of how the season finished, regardless of what was happening the last five weeks of the Liga season, you're not going to see anybody agree to uh, who should win the title. Um, a lot of those question marks would be answered if you decide to go ahead and play uh, 10 uh, weeks. Um, another thing that's going to happen, by the way, is when things resume, I think you could pretty much uh, expect that the early matches will be played under closed doors. There was a story in the United Kingdom about how clubs are more open to that idea compared to, of course, when this first was announced, people didn't like the idea of playing in empty stadiums. I thought it was soulless not to have fans there. But now I think people are coming to grips that those are the type of things that are going to have to happen if we are to have any type of football. And then you'll see crazy things, but necessary things, like when they do allow fans into the stadium, you're not going to see anybody sitting next to each other. You'll probably have an empty seat between you. And the way the world unraveled where we got to this point of social distancing, you will see it slowly unravel. It's going to take a much longer time, but it's going to be a very long time in the next few months to see 50,000 people in a stadium. I think a lot of people will be encouraged to watch the games on TV, which of course would be a boom to Portuguese uh, that are obviously at home. If you're familiar with what's going on in Portugal, and of course, by the time you hear this in your part of the world, you may also be under an edict that you need to stay home. Again, these are just ideas. It is, of course, what we love to do. We love to talk about our Portuguese football. We love to speculate. And certainly this is all speculation. But I think as this continues to climb into the summer, as we continue to go day to day and see numbers rise and see the financial stock markets continue to crash, uh, there's a lot of pain that's going to be ahead. And when they do resume playing, um, they're going to have to come up with some very interesting ways because if they don't start playing in the fall, it's going to be very hard to get 34 weeks in, 34 rounds, however you want to say it. It's just not going to be very easy. Uh, again, this has been a quick newsflash podcast, doing what I love doing. Hopefully you are doing the same with your families and uh, loved ones. Please stay safe. Uh, football in some capacity will return in the future. And let's just hope that it happens sooner than later. Ciao, everybody.